Hey everybody, welcome to this special bonus episode of the Half Price Concessions Podcast. These bonus episodes dive into some different content, some different things than the midweek episodes usually do, but we hope you enjoy them nonetheless. If you want to, be sure to hit the subscribe button if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, on a podcast app, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll never miss when we put out these new episodes. Also, you can follow us on uh, YouTube. If you search for the Half Price Concessions podcast, you can hit the subscribe button and it'll pop up in your newsfeed when we put out a new episode on our YouTube page as well. This episode is one that was honestly inspired by one of the people I'm a biggest fan of in the world of journalism and sports, Mr. Marty Smith. Marty Smith is a journalist up at ESPN. He covers NASCAR. He covers college football, college basketball. He, he covers quite a bit of things. He actually used to work for NASCAR.com. But Marty, on his podcast, Marty Smith's America, did a whole episode trying to rank George Strait songs. George Strait, the king of country. Um, and he had all these people chiming in. And it was so awesome just to hear the connection that country music can make with people. Sometimes you think I'm the only one and there's actually a ton of people that have that connection. Well, I like that episode and I love George Strait. George Strait is the king of country music. I don't care what Garth Brooks claims or says, but to me, I got to thinking, well, who's my favorite country artist of all time? It's Randy Travis. Randy Travis will always be my favorite music artist of any kind. So I got to thinking, I wanted to do a podcast on Randy and just what his music has meant to me, but I couldn't do it by myself. And I was sitting there thinking, hmm, who can I get to have a conversation about this fanhood? I could think of nobody better than my mother, Miss Teresa Davis, who is a Randy Travis fan herself and actually has a pretty cool story that might explain why I am a Randy Travis fan. So sit back and relax. Me and Mama are going to sit down and talk this one out. This one's going to be fun. Special bonus episode of the Half Price Concessions podcast. My Mama and Randy Travis are coming up on the other side of this break. This episode of the Half Price Concessions podcast is brought to you with support from Performance Center Racing Warehouse. In addition to being the home of the PRW chassis, Performance Center offers in-house setups and consulting, plus suspension and chassis pull-down analysis, along with their fabrication shop that can reclip your race car with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Give Roger Johnson and the Performance Center team the chance to earn your racing business by calling them today at 704-838-1400 or visit them online at performancecenter.com. That's P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. Welcome into this special bonus episode of the Half Price Concessions podcast. I'm Tyler Williams. I am joined, I think uh, it's actually the first time I've had a family member crossover on this episode, so this will determine whether more family members get interviewed or if you're the last one that happens, but uh, my mom, Teresa Davis, joins us on today's episode. Hey, mom. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Mom claims she's been listening to episodes. I don't know how much I believe her, but she says she's been listening, so we'll, we'll figure that part out, but... The reason for today's show got inspired 
by another podcast that was talking about they were trying to figure out what was George Strait's you know greatest song and whatnot. And I love George Strait, but my favorite singer is Randy Travis. And there's a pretty cool story that goes along with why there's a theory that you have, Mom, about why I'm even a Randy Travis fan at all. Oh yeah, and it's and it's your fault. It so is my fault. <laughs> you're completely to blame. <laughs> so uh, just for context, I was born in August of 1988. So I was born kind of right in Randy Travis's kind of heyday, if you will. He'd already had a few albums come out in 86 and 87, and he's kind of rolling. Some of the big hits are coming out, and I'll I'll let you pick it up from there, Mom. Uh, what uh, Tell the, uh, tell the well, story. Um, let's go back to when you told me you really were interested in Randy Travis and you were listening to his autobiography and how you had really loved his music since you had started listening to it. So at that point, a light bulb went off, and I said, wow, in 1988 you were born in august but on may 13 myself and your aunt lisa went to a concert randy travis it was it was called the marlboro country music tour and <laughs> cigarettes would, they would marlboro. never get away with sponsoring that nowadays no, now no, it's no. totally against the law it's against the law but he um KT Oslin actually opened up for him, and this was when he was really uh, hitting hitting really good on the music, and he was such a big hit. And so my sister had got the tickets, and I said, "Well, I was six months pregnant with you," and I said, "Well, we got to really be careful." So we uh, we went and ate, and of course. You know, where, we, what city was the concert in? It was in Winston Salem. It was in Winston Salem. So that, about about an hour's drive from Burlington. It was, and and since uh, the year after the Lawrence Jewel uh, Coliseum opened up, so it was in Winston Salem at the con- the Coliseum that the Lawrence Jewel replaced. But anyway, so well, we had uh, our dinner, and of course when. Randy, come on! I'm kind of old school as far as the singers I like because. He was just plain and simple. He came out in his blue jeans, and they weren't skin tight. He had on his cowboy shirt, just a man walking out on stage with his guitar. He didn't have, like, a DJ or something that, like, introduced him. He just he just went waltzing out on right, the stage. Right, and it wasn't a big to-do like it is now. And, and he he was so shy, you could tell that he wasn't um, – he, he was getting used to the fans, but – you could tell he didn't move. He didn't run around the stage or anything. Just his music was playing, and and it, it was it was amazing. He uh, one of our favorite songs is 1982. Well, of course that's the year your mom me graduated. So that was a big song. I didn't and, know they had school back then. <laughs> I thought you used a single room schoolhouse. Oh no, yeah, it was in the old school. <laughs> but um, so that's pretty course. cool. I didn't. I, I totally forgot about it. You know, because 1982, his song is actually a, uh, it's a, it's a cover. It's not an original song. It, originally, I think it was like called 1962, and it's sung by somebody else. So when Randy recorded it, he said, "Well, I wasn't old enough in '62 to have these issues, so they changed it to '82." But that's that's so cool that coincides. It, he had quite a few hits right there back to back he was going strong and uh, another song was forever and ever amen i think you had told me you like that song oh it's it, i think i think uh 
probably there in the 80s and 90s, you'd have had a hard time going to a country wedding or any wedding in the South and not hearing that song played at the reception. Even the the music video was set as a like a, a wedding reception, if you will. Because, I mean, it's, you know, oh, it's an yeah. old love song. Oh, yeah, it is. And I told you so. There's another. Yeah. I mean, it's always some uh, love songs deeper than the holler. Yes. I like that one. My love for you is deeper than a holler. So, you know, of course, the how, women were going crazy. How packed out was it? Was it was it a sellout? It was a full out. It was a sold out show. Was everybody was it was it quintessential eighty eight, everybody running around with the high waist blue jeans and the blown out hair and all that stuff. Oh yeah, we That's, had I'm our, trying to picture it in my mind. We had uh well one of KT Oslin's song was The Girls of the Eighties and we all had the big hairdos. We of course all had our cowboy boots on now and I had on um, your grandpa actually bought me a new gray vest to wear for this concert with my country uh, flannel <laughs> shirt. Did you wear a cowgirl hat? Yep. Oh man! And we had the boots to show, and I was, I was. Uh, but what was uh, interesting is, I didn't know. People always tell you that children can pick up on what you're talking about your voice even when inside you know before you're born inside uh the womb of course but um every time uh, when randy came out and started singing yeah you were doing cartwheels in my belly <laughs> and you would kick your feet and i would look at my belly and i could see the whole belly was moving yeah and uh your aunt she was amazed she put her stomach her hand on my stomach and she says wow he really likes randy travis <laughs> and so you know when they would stop and talk and he, but you were definitely every song he sang I knew you were going to like him because he was uh, he was he was very good and you yeah. were very active when he sang. So it was uh, it was nice. He uh, another song uh, that was really good was digging up bones. Oh know? yeah, I'm just sitting alone digging, digging up bones, up man. That's a, see, Randy. Okay, here's 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 another thing from the concert. Was smoking allowed in the arena? Yep. I'm about to say, it's it's 1988. Yeah. This is before the, the smoking sections got <laughs> took out of restaurants and stuff. Well, it was more than tobacco, too. So <laughs> it was, uh, you know, back then, you know, they were, of course, drinking. Just a different time. Different time, and which it was nice because you saw it was, it's not the new hillbilly rock. It's you go to hear a real country singer, and that's what he was. I mean, he... He, he had a voice that no one else could compare to. Um, How high up were your seats? Were you, uh, we were you were, on the floor or were you pretty high up in the nosebleeds? No, we definitely were not in the nosebleeds. We were the first section up from the floor. So we had very good. We were on the lower level. And um, so we had very good, good seats. And, you know, one thing about him is he got so famous so fast and then he started fading off into you know, the issues he was having. Yeah. And um, it seems like he went for a long time without a song, and then he started going gospel. And one of the first songs that he recorded was The Three Wooden Crosses, which is a beautiful song, and it's played at quite a few uh, funerals I've been to. And it's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a good song, good meaning behind The Three Wooden Crosses. So I was just looking at uh, just his... Uh, discography if you will for those of you who don't know what that means that's all the albums he put out and that that first one uh storms of life which i actually got for christmas this past year 
I've heard so many people talk about just that album because it was his first one that came out. And uh, even Josh Turner talked about that was the album that made him fall in love with Randy Travis. And that's the one that had, on the other hand, 1982, Digging Up Bones and uh, No Place Like Home. And it's it's funny for me, what, what I've always, I think one of the things I've always loved about Randy is just he has the wide range of stories that he tells. Like even, even in just these four, on the other hand is a guy who's right on the, on the verge of, you know, uh, cheating on his wife and he's getting reminded, Oh wait, no, I'm married. I can't, you know, I can't do that. 1982. He's talking about, you know, a heartache that he had in, in 1982 digging up bones, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the proper context to put digging up bones. in. it sounds like he was like, He's he's digging up stuff from the past because his wife's done left him. Yeah, d- digging up memories. Yeah, and then no place like home. He's a guy who's. It sounds like he got kicked out of the house. I mean, oh, yeah, he could tell some stories, man. Well, he could. Each song told a story, and it was. Uh, he gave it his all, and I I really admired him for not being this flashy. He was never this flashy kind of guy. He had his guitar, and he didn't switch guitars ten times. He had the same guitar, and he it didn't matter to anybody that he wasn't running around the stage, you know, jumping up and down, and everybody enjoyed it. We were all singing along. I mean, the, the fun thing is when they stop singing and you're singing with you're singing for them and the whole Coliseum is singing every word yeah. to his song. It was just amazing. So there was a thing there was a thing that came up in the uh the audio book of, of Randy Travis's like memoirs, if you will. It's read by uh, Rory Feek from uh, Joey and Rory. And I don't know if it's actually in the book or if it's just Rory's commentary, but he talked about how when Randy came up in the 80s, in the, in the mid to late 80s, there was a big move in country music where these guys were starting to kind of cross over a little more poppy sound. And everybody talks about how Randy Travis was kind of someone that came along and brought country music back a little bit more to its traditional roots, if you will, because like I hear songs like Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places and 10 million other songs, but that's just one that comes to mind where – it's a country song, but you could tell the sound of it could cross over and stuff. So you were you were around back then. I wasn't. Did you kind of notice country music trying to trend a little bit toward like a oh, poppy yeah. sound from yeah. the old traditional Hank and all that stuff? Yeah, I think uh, the end of the 80s, it seemed like that's when it really got going. Probably, I guess, the early 90 and on, 90, 1990 and on is when the... Hillbilly rock is what I like to say because, you know, then you got all this. It doesn't even sound like country music some these days. So if it's a oldie but goldie, I listen to them, but I'm not into um, much of the, modern the, new, sound. the new modern stuff. Was Randy your favorite or did you have another favorite from that time? Randy was my favorite just because of 1982. Okay. And, um, but I, Vince Gill was another one. Um, I went to see him too, and he was he was very he was very good too. So Vince Gill kind of stayed um, in that country realm too. But you know he, I don't think he puts out any music anymore. But oh, Vince, yeah. You know what's funny? I didn't think he did either because he's kind of you know he's getting up there. I think he's in his sixties. He put out an album uh, this past year called Oki, and I downloaded it 
uh, with my Christmas money on iTunes. And it's all new stuff, and it's amazing. And he's still got – he hadn't changed a bit. His his look might have changed a little bit, but <laughs> he could still get it. And that's unfortunately something we'll probably never get with Randy after he had his stroke and yeah. stuff. He'll, he'll probably never get to sing again. But, um, you know, is another one of those things that amazed me about him was – him coming back to the gospel was um you just don't see people do that now you're starting to see like like alan jackson's done it and mm-hmm. a few of the others you're but right. um i thought that was kind of cool because he said in the book he would still play he ha- he he was always going to have to keep playing the hits but he would do the the gospel, the gospel songs in there yeah. as well and his the tone of his voice is another thing yeah. like that that just he had such a unique voice. Oh, he did. It, like no other. Nobody could imitate him at all. Because I know, um, who is it? Josh uh, Turner. He the guy has, with the deep voice. He has yeah. a deep voice, yeah. But but Randy had his own his own voice. Nobody could mimic that for sure. But he was uh, he was awesome. He was awesome. You know, he would. Uh, he didn't do a lot of fancy stuff, and I like that. He didn't. He just came there to sing and entertain the folks, and he was very grateful to everybody that came to see him. And it, it definitely was a great show. It was uh, no nonsense. It was some country folk there, and they're the best. Uh, they were the best people I've ever seen at a concert. I mean, there's nothing like going to see a concert and everybody around juice their their country they're kind of you know they all got that southern mentality where you know they're pretty cool to each other yeah. you know here's one thing i wanted to ask you about so just looking on his wikipedia page randy did a lot of television stuff like i'm looking at, at some of these shows that he would make appearances in matlock wind in the wire texas touch he was on an episode of touch by an angel Actually, on he was on five episodes of Touched by an Angel. Oh yeah, Frasier. Uh, I remember him from Hey Arnold, which was a, a Nickelodeon cartoon. And then down in the movie section, uh, Outlaws, At Risk, Frank and Jesse. Um, there's a children's movie in here that I watched with my nieces, Annabelle's Wish. Like, I never realized how much TV and music uh, movie stuff he really did. I always just thought him of him as a singer. Do you remember any of that stuff? I, I don't. I don't remember hardly anything i do remember seeing him on the few shows that i did catch but i was mainly listening to him on the radio and blasting it out riding down the road uh, i um i enjoyed it and he he uh he was a good guy oh yeah did you uh did you ever have like a like a single favorite of his or did you just like the whole catalog there he was, got a pretty wide catalog song yeah, oh yeah there was there was nothing that he wrote or sang that I, I didn't like. I mean, I liked it all. I could listen to the whole. Well, we didn't have CDs. I don't think then. I had. I think yeah, we cassettes. had cassette tapes. But I could listen. You know, it wasn't like I would fast forward one song and not listen to it. Every one of his songs were great, and that's the thing about him. He 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 was he was awesome singer. He wrote about real life stuff. I mean, good and bad, and you know, it was one of those you could sing along with and. Sometimes you could sit there and, you know, have memories flash back, like digging up bones. You know, sometimes we all dig up bones from our past and, like, uh, forever and ever, amen. And, yeah. you know, it just, uh, his music was, like, 
things you go through in life. It wasn't something that was... Wasn't trying to get a girl in a pickup truck with her cut-off jeans. Right. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just good music. i tell you the one... I was going to get your opinion on this. So, I come to find out in the autobiography, um, there's the song he had. It's, it's a little different than his typical sound. Uh, it was a song called uh, Better Class of Losers. And he actually, in his autobiography, Randy said he co-wrote it with Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson at the time was a, he was a young, budding country artist. He he would grow into the legend that was Alan Jackson in the 90s. But um, he co-wrote Better Class of Losers. And it sounds so different from a typical Randy Travis song because Randy's songs are typically a, little, typically a little more low-key. He's only got a few songs that are really like higher, faster pace. And... <laughs> The whole song is, you know, the videos out of the 90s with the high-waisted jeans and stuff. And I was showing it to, uh, I think I was showing it to Allison. It was either that or his Coca-Cola commercial from the 90s. And she was like, man, he was he was a pretty handsome guy back then. Oh, but I've never, you know, I'm a guy, I, I didn't look at him like that. Was he, was he a pretty handsome guy? I mean, you were uh, a woman. Oh, he was. And he never, I never saw him with a cowboy hat on, per se, like in the video. He may have in the videos. I don't know, but he had the his hair was yeah, in place. Yeah, hair. <laughs> yeah, he, every piece of hair was in place, and uh, you know the women, of course, were screaming, and I was just trying to calm you down, and uh, you were <laughs> you were excited. So when you told me you thought you really liked him, you had been listening to his stuff. I said, well, you know where that came from because I'll never forget seeing Randy Travis was the only concert I went to while I was pregnant. And um, so it was, it it brought back some good memories because he he sang um, really good music. Does that one compare with uh, last year? You got to go see uh, Chris Stapleton when he came through, and I know you're 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 a lot like me. I guess it's you know uh, why we're related. Uh, <laughs> we both like a more traditional country sound. We're not too big on the pop stuff, and we're not too big on the the stuff that's He'll be a little bit yeah, the little more modern stuff. But we both like Chris Stapleton. Yeah. So what was that experience like? Did it, is there any comparison between the two as far as like the way they handle themselves? Um, I think so. Um, with Chris, he comes out, he's going to entertain. And that doesn't mean he's running across the stage. He did switch guitars quite a bit, but that man could play, I mean, he could play any guitar they put in his hand. Um, you know, some of the times it would, uh, you would think you were at a, hard rock concert because yeah. they would just get going with the guitars and it'd be a long and you know it'd be a long probably five minutes of them just playing all these the guitars so like hard rock kind of sounding but for the most part chris is a simple man and um, i enjoyed that part because he he was simple in his, his concert and you know that was nice but it was some of it got kind of hippie and Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got songs called Sticks and Stems. They're not talking about what's out in your yard. No, no. And, uh, of course, at that time, uh, there was more than – you couldn't smoke in – when at Chris Stapleton concerts, you couldn't smoke. Yeah. But you could vape. There were people vaping. And I bet it looked like a like a cloud (laughs) off a freight train. Yeah, I was caught up in some of that, and – um. The uh, girl beside of us, she 
she went to vape and she had marijuana in hers and uh it's funny because my girlfriend she didn't know what pot smelled like and i said uh, that's marijuana and she said is it I, i've never <laughs> smelled it before so we kind of laughed about that but it's not like it used to be thank goodness and but there are there were some heavy drinkers and uh the yeehaw was going on it was uh at the Chris Stapleton show. Yes. Okay. Yeehaw. Nice. But it was nice. I Chris you. I love Chris Stapleton. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to beat his stuff. And he wrote most of his stuff. Oh yeah. Randy yeah. Ran, Randy, I come to find out he wrote some of his stuff, but he had he had a group of people that mm-hmm. were writing for him that That's were right. just I mean, they were cranking out so many hits. So I try not to I try not to hold it against Randy too much because I mean how do you turn down a good song like Forever and Ever, Amen, and, and some of these other ones? Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. He did. I know he didn't write as many of his songs as, you know, I once thought. But he, uh, for people that wrote for him, they knew he would be the one to sing the song and make it a top hit. One of the other things that uh, kind of intrigued me about Randy was... There was a period where he kind of came under some scrutiny or some controversy. Someone in some tabloid tried to say that, you know, they thought he was gay or something like that. And, um, you know, at that at that time, you know, he I think he was he was very afraid or his people were very afraid that was going to like hurt his reputation in country music and stuff. And when I read his autobiography, I, I kind of just thought to myself, I was like, well, he probably didn't have time to date because, like you said, he got famous so fast that. And I mean, and he was torn like crazy. That's why he kind of went on that hiatus. He said, I just kind of burned myself out. Whereas some of these other people, like it it seems like it it stretches out over a long period of time. Randy, when he came in, it was just like bang, 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 bang. Back to back. And I mean, who else, who else was going in the eighties? Like in in that, in that period of time, like who were some of the other people that was kind of competing for him? Uh, with him as far as like for radio space and stuff well i definitely know you know of course vince gill but you know george Strait. uh he really i don't know if he was he he was another one we like listening to um i'm trying to think of some other ones but you know my favorite was um randy travis so uh kenny rogers was doing pretty good i liked him but he he hit a he hit the plateau and he wasn't around a whole lot longer but but uh randy was right up there was, at the top was merle still around yeah, merle, oh, he was yeah. still cranking him out oh yeah don williams and some of them yeah and you know willie nelson you know he's been around forever and ever so he but uh, uh yeah i didn't listen to a lot of that george jones but george jones was earlier yeah he was getting know. older at that yeah. point but um did you have a lot of country stations to to listen to in burlington or did you kind of have like one and that was it yeah it was one (laughs) do you remember what it was i can't remember wpcm i don't know i can't remember um it was just it was one station that everybody listened to you know that were country fans and a large majority were in high school they were country fans but there were also other like Hip hop, so to say. Um, yeah, that was yeah. starting to burgeon a little yeah. bit. Was uh, did Grandma and Grandpa like Randy Travis? Do you know? Or they were probably more Elvis fans. They were Elvis. Yeah, uh, straight that's up where Elvis. your Elvis fanhood comes from because yeah. you love Elvis. Yeah, they were big Conway Twitty fans and Dolly Parton, and um, they liked um, you know the old school, more old school than Randy Travis. But yeah, but uh, yeah, 
they would listen to it for sure. So it was, uh, but yeah, they were really into that. Oh, Freddie Fender was a big one they liked, too. I've literally never heard of Freddie Fender. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Showing <And> my age. <laughs> well, you got to look him up. He had he had a few hits, and uh, but um, he was really good. Um, yeah. He, uh, it was some really good singers back then. That's pretty good stuff right there. Yep. Way different, way different sound, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think. I don't know if I ever... Uh, I was trying to, I was thinking to myself when I tried to burn you with the question of a uh, favorite Randy Travis song. And mine is actually a twi- is one that probably you wouldn't expect. Have you ever heard him sing Oscar the Angel? No, well, actually, I, I sent it. I think I sent it to you. I, I might have sent not. it to you. No, you didn't okay. send it to me. So this is a song. It, uh, for those of you that have never heard it, definitely encourage you to go check it out. It's on YouTube. I don't think you'll find it on an album. It's a song that Randy sung about a homeless guy. It's it's the weirdest dynamic when oh you listen to the lyrics. It's about a homeless guy who's obviously he's a little not right in the head, and he walks around like talking to people in town and stuff. And it's so weird because it's such a weird subject matter or just a different subject matter. Mm-hmm. But it's Randy Travis, so I'd, I'd probably listen to him sing about anything. Oh and, yeah, oh um, yeah. You know, so it's I definitely encourage y'all to check that one out. That one's called uh, "Oscar the Angel" by Randy Travis. Yeah, it was really sad though for him to. He reached stardom so fast, and it was so overwhelming, and then you didn't hear anything about him, you know, maybe a year or two, and then the, you know, the bad stuff started creeping in, but he still could yeah. record. He he was in a movie. I know I joke, I get joked about watching Hallmark movies, but he was in a Hallmark movie, and he played, um, he was the owner of the general store with those old, ca- old cash register rung up, but... He yeah. was a he was a fairly good actor. I like watching that show. That's the only one I watched him in a show actually, and uh, and they TV still show? play it. Yep, it was. Um, Do you remember what it was called? Ooh, see a lot of these something ones, about the Bayou. Um, uh, uh, I'm looking through the the Wikipedia page right now trying to find it. And something about the Bayou. Um, that's where the whole Christmas movie, on the Bayou. He was Mister Greenhall. Yes, he was. Wow. And he was he played a, such a good character that he would sell things that little old ladies made, and he would he would make out like he was selling them like crazy and pay these little old ladies, but their stuff wasn't actually selling in the general store. But um, he he was really good at um, he was he was good. He was you know he uh. He he played a he played the part well. Just to look at some of his numbers, Trav, Randy Travis sold over twenty five million records, won seven Grammy awards, wow. six CMA awards, eleven uh, ACM. There's too many abbreviations. Eleven ACM awards, ten AMA awards, eight Dove awards. That's the Christian music. And I did not know this. He actually has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, he was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2016. Um, longtime member of the Grand Ole Opry. That was one thing that was in his book that was I uh, thought was really cool. Um, he's that from, was something we, um, your grandparents and I would watch, uh, the Grand Ole Opry. So I got to see, I mean, I watched him on TV at the Grand Ole Opry. And my parents, they went in person to the Grand Ole Opry. So I don't know if they ever heard him in general, but... Yeah, the Grand Ole Opry was something big to go to and he was, watch. Did you know he's actually from North Carolina? 
I did not know that. Yep, Marshville, North Carolina, which is uh, right down there toward the the South Carolina line. So he's actually he's actually from North Carolina. So that's pretty cool stuff, right? I, there. What I liked about him is he was himself. He didn't uh, go out there talking everybody's head off. He come out there to sing, and he's kind of like your brother-in-law Blake he yeah. can sing oh my gosh he can sing but you know to have a long conversation um he's shy and I, I think it just it's awesome that he was there to sing and he sang yeah people got their money's worth oh without a doubt I, yeah. I just it's something about the way Randy Travis songs uh just just the sound of it you can just you could tell as soon as his voice kind of fires up that you're about to hear something that's a little more traditional. You're not going to hear something that's uh, too crazy. You're probably, I think, probably the thing I like about it is that it's something that I enjoy, mm -hmm. but I know if I was in the room with someone that was in their 50s or 60s or 70s, they would probably still appreciate it too just because it's still uh, the more traditional sound. Whereas I, I got a feeling if I tried to play Luke Combs around – older people they'd probably be like nah, you know immediately just turned off oh yeah they'll tell you to turn that off but yeah. the good thing about randy travis he was just so his music was such big hits that you know if you rode around listening to his songs you knew every word so you you and your friends would ride in the car with the radio wide open singing his songs and you knew every word. It was just that that's how much people listened to him. He you, was. You epic. said that was the that was the cassette days. You didn't have the, the right. you didn't have any thirty threes of him, did you? No. Oh, okay. No. That was too much money. No, too much money. Just the cassette tapes, <laughs> the cassette tapes, and listening to the radio on a Saturday night, or you know, just riding in the car listening to the radio, you could hear him singing. So that's how we did it, you know, and it was nice. I, I, I will always admire him. Gotcha. That's pretty cool stuff right there. I'm <laughs> glad you shared that story about uh, going to Winston-Salem and, and seeing him and whatnot. Uh, did y'all see? Here's the other thing I just uh, was kind of thinking about as it spun around in my head was, so you went there and you were pregnant. You didn't get the tailgate. You couldn't be sitting there you know, pounding them or taking shots. I mean, well, you know, I mean, you might have, and that might explain no. why it took me five years to graduate college. But, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. you know, you couldn't go and like get the party atmosphere of the, of the parking lot. Cause you had, uh, other responsibilities on your belly. <laughs> well, you know, um, tailgating's come a long way. So it was a lot different back then. Back then, back then it was different. There were, of course there were people that were tailgating, but what was nice was, Everybody was parking, the The parking lot was, you know, it cost money to park in. So, you know, they had places you could park that didn't cost, but you don't have those these days. But all I was thinking about was, I'm pregnant. I want something with pickles before I see them. <laughs> that so, was your craving. <laughs> yeah, we went to a hamburger joint, and um, we got our sandwiches and uh, pickles. And Well, I got the pickles. I, I'm still a pickle freak, but... I had that belly full, and you seemed like you were napping from the from the big meal, but I think you got woke up from Randy, and you didn't slow down that night. I remember being up most of the night because you were still you were still dancing in there. <laughs> were, were there a lot of people dancing to his songs, or was it more just people just listening and and singing along? Because I don't think he it didn't seem like he had a lot of songs where people would like 
do do or dance to. They yeah. seem like just songs that you just sang back and you enjoyed. Right. You know, it wasn't people, like it wasn't like Billy Ray Cyrus where every other song is a line dance. Yeah, you didn't. That's not something that we did was dance to Randy Travis and. You know, the country music dancing's got real big, you know, with the two-stepping and stuff. But I don't, Randy, his songs never were big on the charts to dance to. Yeah. They were more personal where you could relate to the music he was playing, you know, uh, in his time. That's cool stuff. Yes, it is. It was. What time of year was that you went? May? It was May 1988. Oh, man. And you were... How crowded was it when y'all got there? Did y'all get there pretty early, or were you kind of dragging tail just no, to no, get in the door? No, no, we're always early. So <laughs> we got to see people just rolling in. I mean, people were just so pumped up, and, and it was nice. Uh, everybody was friendly. Everybody was just so excited about waiting to hear him. And uh, so it's it was a, a really good crowd. It wasn't a, a bad crowd at all. And the people around us that saw that I was pregnant made sure, you know, don't, yeah. don't don't hit the baby. <laughs> yeah. Now the 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 opening guy. What did you say his name was again? Her name. Her name. K T Oslin. Okay, I've never heard of her. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't have that many hits, but I do remember her having the hit. The girl. We were the girls of the eighties, and of course, it was all girls with big hair. But um, they stayed friends. Uh, it's, it was a song about staying friends. Uh, through the they were girls of the eighties and. They still stayed friends, but I, you know, I don't remember a lot of her music because, you know, of course, when the opening act comes up, you're waiting, you're looking at your watch, waiting for the real, you know, the big star to come out and sing. And yeah, and did you did you have so to wait long, what? or was she only up there for like a few songs and then yeah, handed it, was just it a off few to songs. Randy? It's not like it is now where somebody plays, you know, so long and you have to wait till ten or eleven for the real. star you know the big hit to come out so it was it was really nice because she sung enough songs that we were ready for randy and it wasn't like this long uh pause in between because it wasn't these days you got the bands have their own setup so they got to move all their stuff out to get the new band stuff in that's coming out with randy his stuff was on the stage and it wasn't in the light but she had a you know, she had a few instruments playing behind her, but it was like, soon she got through singing, you know, it was within a few minutes, Randy was out there. It wasn't something we had to wait on. Gotcha. And Good. he did come back. He was, he was awesome about coming back. You know, everybody would keep clapping, you know, how concerts are. So you got an encore. Yeah, we got an encore and it was just, we just kept standing there. We was wondering if he was going to come back, but. He was just, he was the most down-to-earth, like, person you might see in a store getting a, a Coke, you know, and, you know, it was just, he was, was just an average appeal. person. Yeah, that was part of the appeal. Oh, yeah. Well, Mom, I think that's a good place to end it. I appreciate you sharing the story and sharing a little Randy Travis. Well, thank you. Appreciate for, that, as always. Thank you for letting me be a part of this podcast, because I... Uh, you know I can talk, and I love Randy. <laughs> oh, I know you can Randy talk. Travis. So. <laughs> so I hope the whole country music podcast takes off as well as. I've already had a lot of people asking, like, "Can you send me the link, like uh, Michael and a few other people and stuff?" So I think they're wanting to know if you <laughs> if you run off the rails with it. <laughs> I think I did okay. I, I really, nah. I, I really was interested because I've 
it really excited me when you I didn't ever have to tell you I went to see Randy Travis. I had no yeah. reason. And for you to come out and say, Have you did you ever listen to Randy Travis? I've it's been like, listening. Funny you mentioned no, that. <laughs> you're you're not gonna believe this. And um so yeah. you liked him. You've liked him since before you were born. So Heck yeah, I'll that, take it. Yeah. So I've enjoyed stuff. it. Well, thank you, Mom. I appreciate it. You're we can we can let your dogs back in their room now since they're trying to beat down the door. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to yet another edition of the Half Price Concessions Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Himalaya, Castro, whatever podcast app you're using. Please hit the subscribe button. If there's a section to leave us a rating and review, please leave us a good one. It would really help us out a ton. Also, if you're listening on our YouTube page, hit the subscribe button there. That way, you'll get notified every time we put out new episodes. Also, you can email the show. The email address is halfpricedconcessionspodcast at gmail.com. You can email us questions, concerns, ideas for future episodes, anything and everything. We'll definitely respond to it, and we just appreciate you listening. Also, if you have friends or family who want to listen but don't want to go to YouTube and don't have a podcast app, you can listen to every episode on our website. That's www.anchor.fm slash hpcpodcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Tyler Williams, and I hope that you have a great day.